Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ardenfbc.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Good morning, Arden First. How is everybody today? So good to see all of you. Welcome to those online. We want to give a shout out to Kim, our office manager. She just had a surgery and is doing well and plans to be back soon. We miss you, Kim. Everyone say hello, Kim. Well, let's prepare our hearts in prayer as we get ready to open God's word. Father, we thank you for your word and how powerful it is and how it transforms us. And Lord, I pray for each person at present and watching online that they would just experience your goodness. And Lord, that you are the way maker, that you are the one who speaks things into existence that are not. You are the one who heals the brokenhearted. So Father, I pray right now for each person that's suffering, for those who are recovering from um, physical illness. Uh, we, we do thank you for Kim's um, Surgery going well. We pray for Dr. Ed, Lord, as he's at home recovering today, that you would just be with him. Bless each person today and help us to just to feel your presence. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, amen. Well, welcome. I'm Timothy. I'm one of the pastors here. If this is your first time here, we just want to say welcome home. We're so glad you're here. After the service, I'll be back here to the right. We'd love to get to meet you if this is your first or second time here. We are launching a new series called The Best Christmas Ever. How many of you would like to have the best Christmas ever? And some of you are like, Timothy, that's an impossibility because my spouse is not here. I'm single and still searching. Anybody like that? Um, you know, my health is not there. But here's the thing. From God's perspective, if you give more of yourself to Jesus this year than ever before, it will be your best Christmas ever. And it's interesting, with birthdays, most of us receive gifts on Jesus' birthday, let's give him something. Let's give him ourself, right? So uh, this past week I was on a little staycation. Some of you thought I was in Hawaii or on the beach, but the reality is I was at home helping my wife with the kids. And during vacation week, the unthinkable happened. Uh, we have two wash machines, and both of them decided to break down while I was on vacation. So the laundry started piling up the... The repairman couldn't come. The part didn't come in. So after a few days, my wife looked at me and she's like, I have to go to the laundromat. And I'm like, you know, I've heard bad stories about laundromats and I don't know. Let, let me go earn a little brownie points. So we hauled like trash bag after trash bag into our 12 passenger minivan. It wasn't completely full, but it was filling up probably about 80 pounds worth of clothes. And you're like, how do you get 80 pounds worth of clothes? Well, we've got a lot of kids, we've got a lot of dogs, and when you wash stuff, it, it piles up. So here I am into the laundry mat, and I actually have a picture here. And um, this is the actual laundry mat. And I was really uncertain what to do because I can't remember ever going to the laundromat before. I mean, I may have, but I don't. maybe I blocked it out. So I was a little uncertain and also, I was a little insecure because I'm like, these people know each other. Have you ever, anybody ever been to laundromat? They're talking and they're having conversation. And I'm like, 
the pastor that's sitting in the corner huddled by this machine and it's going round and round and everyone's just carrying on and I'm like, am I supposed to walk the room and introduce myself? Hello, I'm Timothy. I just didn't know what to do. So um, in time, the people started talking to me and coaching me saying, okay, you put a little too much soap. I actually have a little video I'll show you. You'll, you'll see here. Here's the one too much soap. So they're like, you need to do some fabric softener something with soap. I don't know what it is. What, what is that to lessen the soap? You might know. I don't know. So some lady put some magic packet and the soap kind of went away. I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then one of the guys that was hanging out, he's like, you know, you shouldn't pile in like 60 pounds of clothes in one dryer. So uh, let's play the dryer thing. You got to separate two dryers. So it was gone and it was gone. And one by one, all the, the, the guests started to leave. You know, they know each other hanging out. They have Saturday night plans. And I'm alone with the lady. And I'm sitting there kind of awkward. What do we talk about? How many kids do you have? Who's got the most? You know, we're talking. And I was just ready to get out. So they were closing at 745. The clothes are not dry still. And then I had this epiphany moment. Oh, no, I'm supposed to fold the clothes, right? I'm supposed to sort them. They're closing. And all I brought was dirty trash bags and one little laundry basket. Let me bring it over here. So I'm like, they're literally 80 pounds of clothes. And I'm like, they're not going to fit in this, right? They're not going to fit in this. And I don't have time to fold the clothes. I don't know what to do. And, you know... It's getting closing time. This is my daughter's, not mine, by the way. And uh, so I asked the lady, I, I'm sorry I didn't come prepared. I don't have anywhere to put the clothes in because all the trash bags are dirty now, dirty clothes. So she gave me a bunch of black trash bags, and I literally floated them in. And when I got home, I thought I earned brownie points. My wife said, these clothes are still damp. We're going to have to, but the dryers work at home. So we we we, we did the clothes. And I, as I was experiencing this waiting process, I began to think about Advent. Advent is arrival. It's waiting for things like they were waiting for Jesus to come. And I was waiting to get out of the laundromat. But as I was thinking about waiting, some of us are not just waiting to get out of something. We're waiting for something. So in today's story, they're not in a laundromat, but they're waiting. Zachariah and Elizabeth let me put this over here because I'm going to get distracted by the laundry basket. Zacharias and Elizabeth are waiting. Does anybody know what they're waiting for? They're waiting for a baby, right? But at this point, they have stopped waiting because at least Zachariah, because they're well up in their 60s by this point. So let's turn to Luke chapter 1. And again, welcome to everybody. Today's message is entitled Elizabeth's Dream Come True. How God can transform your doubt into destiny. So we're going to read this full passage. It's 20 verses. And I wish we had time to read the entire chapter of Luke. But for time's sake, we're just going to read 20. And I want you guys to follow along. And this is going to be such an encouraging message for all of us. In verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was one of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. Someone say Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, 
walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So let's before we go to verse eight, let's kind of put a little pause there. Notice they were blameless, but she was barren, blameless, but barren. Sometimes you think if you follow God, all your dreams are going to come true, right? I've heard that on television, right? And sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes you pray, you seek, you're like, I'm following you. And they were blameless, but yet Elizabeth was still barren. Notice it says they were well advanced in years. So in biblical language, in that culture, that meant you were at least 60. So for anyone over 60, I want to let you know this is before they knew 60 was the new 40, okay? So they were at least 60 plus and barren. So you're like, yes, yeah, 60 is the new 40, 80s the new 60, 90s the new 65. You're welcome. All right, continue on. And so it was, verse 8, that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went to the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias answered the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself for five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take my reproach among the people. May God bless his word. So today's message is called Elizabeth's Miracle. And what I want to get to you is that whatever you're going through right now, whatever pain you're going through right now, Whatever uncertainty you're going through right now, God can transform your doubt into your destiny. I want to give you five truths from this passage that I hope will really bring an encouragement to you. The first truth is this, that even godly people, even godly people sometimes 
have struggles with unanswered prayers. So in verses 5 through 7, we see this couple was godly. I mean, they were like the, the dream ministry couple. He was a priest and she was the daughter of a priest. In other words, in, in today's terminology, in today's culture, it'd be like a pastor married a pastor's daughter and they're in the church, they're serving the Lord and they're not perfect, but from a human perspective, they're considered blameless. In, in other words, there was nothing of reproach that you could say that would disqualify them from serving the Lord. They, they were living a righteous life. And yet when you look at verses five through seven, there's so much in this scripture that they were serving the Lord. They were living out of faith. But I want to point you to their names. Pastor Alexter Begg brought this up that really spoke to me. Look at Zachariah's name. It means God remembers or God watches over you. So you can imagine Zachariah praying and his naming God remember. God, do you remember when I prayed for you about that? God, do you remember when I prayed for a son? And year after year, God, will you remember? God, will you watch over? My wife is so down that she cannot conceive. And notice Elizabeth's name. It means God is an oath. God is faithful. Or to summarize that, you could say, my God keeps his promises. So every time Zechariah called out Elizabeth, he was in a way prophetically declaring that God keeps his promises. Every time Elizabeth, good morning, Elizabeth, God keeps his promises. And every time Elizabeth said, Zechariah, God remembers, God watches over you. So I came here to tell you, That God is a faithful, promise-keeping God. And if he's given you a promise, you can be sure that he always keeps his promises. He's faithful in watching over you. And I don't know what kind of promise God has given you, but remember right now, just because God hasn't said yes yet, sometimes even godly people, their prayers go a long time without being answered. God still keeps his promises. Amen? And then the second truth is that God has a message of hope, even in the most hopeless situations. So look back at verse 8. It says that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So Zacharias got the opportunity of a lifetime. And the opportunity was kind of like this. The way it worked, as a priest, you would serve in your local village, on a weekly basis. But two weeks out of the year, you would go to the temple in Jerusalem. Two weeks out of the year, and also on festival weeks, you would go. At this time, Josephus, the historian, estimated there were about 18,000 priests at this time. So what they would do, there were 24 divisions or families of priests. So once your time came, you would go to the temple, and your, your tribe of priests or your family of priests would go, and they would cast lots. It's kind of like rolling a dice. And if the lot fell on you within your family division, you have the opportunity to burn incense in the holy place. And you only got to do this once in a lifetime because out of 18,000 people serving two weeks out of the year, you can imagine it didn't, some people didn't get a chance to do this. So this was God showing grace to someone that so much needed grace. So all of a sudden, Zacharias is burning this incense and he's serving the Lord. And all of a sudden, Gabriel shows up. What would you do if an angel showed up today? Would you be a little surprised? I mean, he was just like, wow, this is Gabriel. And Gabriel's name means, you may want to write this down, it means strong one of God or hero of God. I love it how when you feel weak and feeble, he's getting up in age, 
He feels like God hasn't answered his prayers. All of a sudden, God sends a hero. He sends Gabriel. And here's the way it works in your life. Whenever you feel discouraged, God's going to send you a Gabriel. He's going to send you a hero, someone that has a message of hope. It may come in the form of a text message. It may come in the form of a phone call. It may come in the form of someone saying, listen, God put you on my heart. I was praying for you. We all need a Gabriel in our life, right? It may not be an angel, but it could be. Hebrews tells us, the author of Hebrews says, don't forget to entertain strangers because sometimes we've entertained angels without even knowing it. So sometimes angels still show up. So be nice to everybody. You could be being mean to an angel. So be nice. So notice the description. His name in verse 15 shall be called John. Does anybody know what John means? Some of you are named John. It means God is gracious. So think about that. God sends the hero of God to a man whose name or means God remembers. And he's saying God's going to be gracious to you. Because he's going to send you John. And did Zacharias believe God? Answer is no. He doubted God. He said, how can I know? Now his response is different than Mary's. Mary's response is, how can these things be? In other words, I believe you, God, but I don't understand. Zacharias' response is one of doubt. It's okay to question God, but it's a different thing not to believe God. So Zacharias doubted God. And I think there's something encouraging here for all of us. And this principle is in your listening to God, even the best servants of God sometimes mess it up. Sometimes the best servants of God doubt and don't believe and mess it up. So if you've ever doubted, it doesn't disqualify you. If you've ever made a mistake, it doesn't disqualify you. Because remember, God is gracious. Now, Zechariah did have to have a consequence. He couldn't speak for a while. Maybe his wife thanked him. He could have been preaching to her all the time. I don't know. We don't know the backstory. Thank God, Zachariah is quiet a little bit. I have some peace and quiet around the house. Who knows what was going on? But here's the thing. God was gracious and he spoke and he delivered his message. And notice what Gabriel says. It says, your prayer is heard. Your prayer is heard. Now it brings the question, what prayer is heard? What do you guys think? What prayer is heard? I, I don't really understand. What prayer, what prayer are you talking about? Doesn't say, right? The only thing I could think it means is the prayer from back in the day when you prayed for a child. Because think about it. When you're in your 60s, think about for those of you who are in the 60s and older, are you still praying for a child at this point? Well, here's the thing. We know that at least Zachariah probably wasn't because he doubted. If he was still praying, he would be like, absolutely, I've been praying. But here's the principle I want you guys to get. Whenever you pray a prayer in the will of God, he has an answer for that. It's in his timing. So keep praying because just because he didn't answer it right away doesn't mean God doesn't remember. Whenever you go to the grocery store and you pick up a can of food, it has an expiration date on it, right? You better eat it by this time or it's going to go bad. Did you know that your prayers have an answer date? that your time of waiting will expire. You no longer have to wait any longer. At this date, your time of waiting will expire. So just like a can of food has an expiration date, your prayers have an answer date. So that kind of makes me excited. I've been praying really all my life, but since I've been 15, I've been really praying some crazy prayers, wild prayers that only God can do. And I'm like, God, I don't know when you're going to answer these things, but they're waiting out there. So watch out. Some of you are like, you won't believe the prayers I prayed 20 years ago and forgot about. You may have forgot about your prayers, but God did not. 
So look on your listening guide, just some principles. How can I understand God's timing? Because I prayed about this 40 years ago, still no answer. I'm praying for my husband to get saved, still no answer. I'm single and I'm praying for a spouse, still no Mr. Right. God, what are you doing? Look at these principles. We see the present while God sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow all at the same time. That's hard to comprehend, isn't it? We are often in a hurry, but have you ever noticed God is never in a rush? We see one day while God sees a thousand years. We want God to answer a prayer when we are ready, but he answers a prayer not only when we are ready, but when the circumstances and everything else is ready. When you can't trace God's hand, trust God's heart. And one of my favorite faith is believing before seeing. So those are some principles, like if you're struggling in the wait, just trust God. All right, truth number three for today. Never doubt God's promises, even when they seem too good to be true. So in verse 18, Zacharias answered the angel, how shall I know this? I am an old man. My wife is well advanced in years. At least he was smart. He didn't call his wife old. He said she's well advanced in years. He's like, I'm old. She's lived a little while. So notice that Zacharias doubted the very word of God as he was serving in God's ministry. And there's something, a pastor, I want to give him credit, credit to where his credit's due. The pastor's name is Dave Rodriguez at Grace Church. I never saw this. Every time I preached on this passage, I never saw it. But Dave Rodriguez brought up this point. Gabriel says, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. What verb tense is stand? It's present tense. And in the Greek, it's active tense. And you're like, what does that mean? He didn't say I had stood in God's presence. He said, right now, when I'm delivering this message to you, I'm standing in the God's presence. And it's like, so I want you guys to get this, this picture that it's almost, in a sense, Gabriel had one foot in the presence of God, one foot in the temple in Jerusalem. Not that he was omnipresent, but God is. In other words, whenever Gabriel left heaven, he never left God. God is everywhere present. But there's another point here, and this, this I want you to be the diamond that you take home that really you think about this Christmas. And it goes back to math class. How many of you remember what an intersection is? Let's throw this math formula up. Anybody remember intersection point? Anybody taking that in math? How many of you have forgotten what intersection is? All right, see, high school students, it's, what is intersection? Tell me. You haven't done it yet, okay. It's when two points cross in an axis point. So I want you guys to get, this is like game changer here. So what was happening here is heaven was intersecting earth. All of a sudden, Gabriel comes from heaven to earth and he says, I am standing in God's presence. I'm bringing God's presence to you. Heaven is invading earth. The supernatural is invading the natural. So I came to tell you today. Right now, you are in the presence of God. You don't have to wait to go to heaven to be in the presence of God. You are in the presence of God. And if you're a believer, you carry the presence of God. So every Christmas, I want to remind you of the divine intersection. Heaven intersects earth. God comes near and he comes to live among us. So you may have come here today with trouble. You may have come here today with sorrow. But I want to remind you of this Christmas story. God intersects where we're at. 
He comes with his amazing grace. He comes saying, I haven't forgotten about you. Remember, I sent Jesus to earth to live the perfect life, to die in your place, to rise again so that you can live out this gospel hope. Heaven is intersecting earth even as we stand. It'll make even a Baptist want to yell and shout and run the aisle. Amen. Number four. God likes to resurrect dreams that died a long time ago. So look at verse 23 in your scripture passage. It says, so it was as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed to his house. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. You got to understand in this day. It was a little different than today. If you were a woman that was married and couldn't get pregnant, people often looked down upon you. They're like, maybe it was some kind of sin you committed. Maybe you're unfaithful to your husband. They had all these things. And what Elizabeth said is, God took away my reproach. What people thought negatively about me, God has turned around. What people said about me, now they're saying something different about me. And I just want to encourage you. Some of you may have had things said about you that weren't true. Some of you may have had things in high school, things in college, things at work that people said that you may have lost your job, you may have lost your marriage, stuff may have happened, but in a moment, God can turn it all around. David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And all of a sudden, the unthinkable happened. A lady well up in her 60s, we don't know her exact age, it is well advanced in years, is now pregnant. And you can imagine after 40 years of praying, maybe longer than 40 years, all of a sudden God says, all right, it's time. But from a human perspective, she's like, I'm past the age of bearing. And God's like, in my economy, nothing is too late. I am never late. I'm always on time. So some of you may think, Timothy, I'm 60, I'm 80, I'm in my 90s, it's too late. As long as you're still alive, it's not too late. As long as you're still following God, it's not too late. Look at the person next to you and say, it's not too late. So I want you to think about the dream that has died. There may be a single lady here today. You're in your 30s and you're like, I'll never meet Mr. Right. And I just want to tell you, if God plans for you to get married, he's got Mr. Right. So don't settle for Mr. Right now. Amen. Don't settle. Wait on God. Don't try to do a substitute. Wait on God for what he's got. That was for someone here today. All right, number five, God can transform your test into a testimony. Skip down in the passage down to verse 57 in Luke chapter one. It says, now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had showed her great mercy, they rejoiced with her, with her. So here's the question. What if right now God is preparing you for something greater? What if right now the sorrow that you felt is just a preparation room? What if, as we talked about a few months ago, you're in the waiting room and all of a sudden God's about to call your name? All of a sudden you thought God had forgotten about you, but he hasn't. I'm reminded of Moses. He was 40 years old when he thought God was going to use him, but it wasn't God's timing. How old was when, when God used him to lead the Israel? 80 years old. I mean, most of us would be like, I'm 80, it's retirement. And God's like, listen, you may retire from your job, but you're never going to retire from serving me. 
whenever you retire, it's time to refire. I've got more stuff for you to do, more purpose. So Moses at the age of 80 is now leading potentially two to three million people. Some of you are like, when I'm 80, I want to be sitting on a beach, not leading two to three million people, people griping and complaining, right? The children of Israel. But God had a time. And here's the thing. He has a time for you. Habakkuk 2.3, this is in the New Living Translation, he says, I, th- these things that I plan, they won't happen right away. But slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait for it, because it will not be delayed. So I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what kind of drama you're going through. But we serve a God that likes to turn drama into destiny. So let's review our five points today, and then we're going to have some action steps. The first point is even godly people struggle with unanswered prayers. So don't think for a moment, because you're godly, that God's going to answer your prayers right away, all the time, in your timing. God's timing is different than yours. Number two, God has a message of hope, even in the most hopeless situations. So remember Zacharias, God remembers. Elizabeth, God keeps his promises. Gabriel, this hero of God, comes And all of a sudden, their names became prophetic. God did remember, and God did keep his promise. And God will do the same for you. Amen. And number three, never doubt God's promises, even when they seem too good to be true. So for a woman in her 60s plus, you're going to get pregnant. And if you read later on, it says she believed God's word. When she goes visits Mary, Mary gives her magnificent. Elizabeth believed, but Zacharias doubted. So he was the one that doubted. So never doubt what God promises you, because he will deliver. Number four, what about those dreams that have died? We serve the God of resurrection. He likes to resurrect dreams that died a long time ago. So if it's a God-sized dream, he's got a God-sized fulfillment. Now, some dreams are not God, they're just you. When I was in high school, I thought I'd be the next Michael Jordan. But I wasn't tall enough. I was not good enough at all, even though I thought I was at the time as a 15, 16-year-old. But that wasn't God's dream. He had a bigger dream for me. He had a dream for me to impact lives with the gospel, not making a lot of money shooting basketball. And I'd rather have his dream than my own dream. Amen. And finally, God can transform your test into a what? Testimony. All of Elizabeth's relatives and friends, they rejoiced. So I'm here today to tell you, you can trust God. So how do we apply this, Timothy? I'm not a woman in my 60s who still wants to get pregnant. We had a lady in the first service. She said, I'm in my mid-60s. I don't want to get pregnant, but God has some things for me, okay? So some of you are like, I I, I can't relate. So how, how do I apply? Well, the first step is look to God's word for his promises. God always fulfills his word. Now, not your ideas or your thoughts or your creativity, but what does God's word say? And number two, it's like the old song from Journey says, don't stop. And you can sing it if you want. I choose to be a star in my own car because I can't sing. I've been told. I, I do it just for entertainment's sake when I do it. I know I can't sing. All right. Number three, keep on praying even when you want to stop. Remember that just like a can of food has an expiration date, your time of waiting has an expiration date. And God has a fulfillment date. And the final take-home truth, let's throw this up here. To summarize, if you forget all that we talked about, this is 20 verses summarized into one sentence. Christmas teaches us that God can transform your greatest misery into your greatest what? Think about what your greatest heartbreak is. What keeps you up at night? 
Ladies, what causes the mascara to run down your eyes when no one's looking? Run down your face. Guys, what, what, what gets you upset and sometimes angry that you just, sometimes you just want to punch a hole in the wall? Like, so what, what makes you restless? What, what troubles you? Think about your greatest misery. God says, I can turn it into your greatest miracle. This is the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we are in wonder and awe your word, that your word gives us hope, that your word gives us promises, that, God, we see this couple in their 60s, maybe even older, and, God, all of a sudden, 40 years later or so, you answer their prayers. So, Father, I'm wondering here today, and no one looking around, you, who here today would say, Timothy, I have some prayers that I'm still waiting on an answer for? 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, for your teenagers that may be yesterday, it seems like a long time. Like, what are you waiting on God for? If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Timothy, I'm, I have some prayers that I think are God-sized prayers and God's will, but I just, I'm waiting. God, you see the hands lifted. You see the people at home watching. And I pray that they would understand that your timing is perfect. You're never late. From our perspective, you're seldom early. But from your perspective, we're always on time. So, Father, help us to wait. For those who are in the room today or listening online, you can put your hands down. That as we talk about Jesus and as we talk about giving more of yourself this year for Christmas, some some of you would say that you believe in God, but you've never surrendered your life to God. Yeah, you believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again, but you've never laid yourself on the altar and say, God, I surrender my life. If you've never asked God to save you, If you've never asked God to forgive you, every week we give you this chance to receive the gospel. If that's you, the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So right where you're at, whether in person, online, if you need to call upon the name of the Lord, just say this prayer. Say, dear God, just go ahead and tell him in your heart, dear God, I know I need you to save me. I know I have sin in my life. I confess that. I pray for your forgiveness. And Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and I want to invite you into my life. I want to follow you as as a disciple. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. So I give my life to you. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. At this time, we're going to have a brief time of a response. Uh, I'm going to be at the front. Amy's going to be at the front. I'm going to ask uh, Karen Whitley, if you're here, to be in the back. Christy can be in the back, okay. Christy can be in the back. This is your time to respond. For those of you who have never been part of an invitation, it's just a chance for you to reach out to God. It's a chance for you to be prayed over. And during this time, we also have offering. We don't take up and pass a plate, but we have boxes all around. So if you'd like to bring your offering, you can do that. Um, In my listening guide, let's see, we have it in the bulletin. We have... um, past few weeks we've given these out i want to give you an update real fast so far the church has raised thirteen thousand dollars for next year let's let's give the lord a hand and the vision offering just so you know it's above and beyond your normal tithes and offerings it's not in place of so this past year you guys have seen a lot of remodeling we've done and some of you're like how are we doing all this remodeling the answer is we raised the money last year through the vision offering and if you haven't had a chance check out the resource room uh, Blake and Ryan have been redesigning that, and uh, Blake is volunteering his time. I think we should give him a hand for that. Amazing. 
So if you haven't had a chance to do a vision offering, you can do that anytime. And I just want to thank you guys for believing with us that our vision is to reach 1% of this community. That's in 60,000 people, that's 600 people. We're going after every man, woman, student, and child, and we're, we're presenting them with the love of God. And to do that, we're going to add more staff next year. So thank you for believing with us and trusting God's provision. This time, uh, we're going to respond in altar call. If you have prayer needs, I'll be at the front. And we're here to, we're here to pray for you.